Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now let's give you something to chew on. All right. Another episode of Chew On This is getting ready to start. Here's my co-host, K-Dog. Kevin, what's up? Teresa Duncan, it is all good. Good to hear your voice, and I'm ready to chew on some good things today. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I have to tell you, I was going to include some like Christmas music Ooh. and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not that tech savvy. So jingle bells. There we go. That's all you get. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever heard you sing. That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Let's keep it going. All right. <laughs> I have not been blessed with a voice of an angel. So. <laughs> All right, so we have a couple of stories for our dear listeners today. I was going to start off with non-covered services because it's the sexiest topic you can ever imagine. Oh, baby. So non-covered services, there is a law. I didn't know if you knew this, Kevin. Tell me. And this is going to turn into a Teresa teaches Kevin. <laughs> Those are always good. So non-covered services, there are 40 states right now that have enacted laws that state that the insurance company can't set the fee for something that it normally would not cover. So things like bleaching, for example, or if they never, ever cover big surgeries, like maybe nose reconstruction and stuff, which we actually have codes for that kind of big surgery. So if they weren't ever going to cover it, they can't actually keep you to a low fee because they never intended to cover it. That's basically what the gist of it is. Okay. But not every state has that. And so whenever someone emails me a question about non-covered services, my first question is always, what state are you in? And then the problem becomes, it doesn't even matter if there's a law, that law in that state only applies to what we call fully funded plans, which is about half of the market. So there's huge companies, which are mostly the ones that are not fully funded. Huge companies have these plans where the non-covered services law in your state doesn't make a difference anyway. So that's frustrating because, you know, you think of you know, Sally Jones, who just started her dental insurance position, and how is she supposed to know right. about this? Okay, so it gets complicated. There is a law now, and it also applies to vision and, you know, other ancillary, what we they call ancillary services. We're essential, but they call it ancillary. They are actually, in Congress, they are putting forth a bill to make it a national rule, which would take away that protection that companies have of being a bigger company that's self-insured. So it gets rid of the whole state thing and it just becomes a federal law that you can't do that. So that's winding its way through. The ADA did publish something about it and I'll make sure to link it in the show notes. But that I think is going to make things a lot easier because I have to tell you, that's a that's probably a 15 to 20 minute part of my courses is trying to explain that difference. How do you feel about that, knowing that you are uh, not even having to deal with non-covered services? How does that, how does that hit you? Boom. I mean, just like, just like a <laughs> sucker punch is what that is, I tell you. No, I, I think, I think that's really interesting because I know that you, whenever we're back out on the road, I know you're always having to tweak your presentations based on what state we're in or where the audience might be coming from. So, so that'll be good. And then I think about practices in like St. Louis, for example, where some of their, you know, patients may be coming from Illinois. And so there's different things that happen, happen uh, just across the state line there. 
yeah, that would be good. I can see where that would be a very positive thing. And, and obviously we know that the less that people have to sit down and try to figure out, uh, you know, the Ouija board of what's covered and what isn't, that's always good. It is definitely something that's part of the ADA's advocacy. And if you didn't know, there's a whole website on the ADA site, which you don't have to be a member to access that lists everything that they're that they're active for and lobbying for. You know, this has been on the docket for a while. One other thing that's been on the docket that is just, there hasn't been much movement on it is the McCarran-Ferguson Act. That basically, in a nutshell, because it gets complicated, in a nutshell, it allows insurance companies to compare information and data. However, dentists cannot get together and discuss pricing because that's considered price fixing. But the carriers don't have that kind of restriction because of this. So, you know, if they're able to have some impact with this this law, then the ADA, that would be a huge, that would be huge. That would absolutely be huge. But there's not been much traction on it lately. And now with what's going on, it looks like the Republicans are going to have a majority in the House and Senate, but, you know, you never know. So, I mean, who knows what voting machine was used? You know, that's that's where we're going with that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. And, you know, I think I think we're all interested to see what happens with a, a new administration, a new Congress, a new House coming in, exactly what will get done. Uh, you know, and what uh, roadblocks are going to be put up on a number of levels, for sure. So if this floated your boat uh, and you want more information, I don't know if everybody knows this, but the ADA has a podcast called Tooth Talks, and it's all about the legislative side. That's cool. Look that up. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I'm I'm a geek, so I actually watch that or listen to that a lot. So, all right. So how sexy is that? That's how I started off your day, Kevin. Now you can go around mm. thinking that the world is is full of love and happiness. Wait, you mean it's not? Hold on. It is now. <laughs> Wait, I'm looking outside in the spring. The trees have sprung back to life. It's amazing. <laughs> I see the birds just came to your window. <laughs> exactly. Do a Cinderella scene here in a minute. So, yeah. <laughs> and we have more stories for you, Kevin. What's up on your agenda? Yeah, so let's talk about uh, insurance. Let's talk about what's going on. You know, And, you know, I love to dive into insurance, just like you do, Chris. <laughs> I mean, it's like we're twins. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, no, something came across my screen the other day, and I thought it was very interesting. And and it's from uh, our friends down in Florida. God bless the state of Florida. But Liberty Dental Plan did a survey of a thousand Floridians, and what they found was something that I think we have known is bubbling under the surface. And you know, we've talked about a little bit on this podcast, just between us whenever we've chatted. But they found that people are worried about going back to the dentist, and I don't think that surprises anybody. But I think what does surprise a little bit is that they found the majority of people who were worried about going back to the dentist were women. So they surveyed a thousand people and they, they estimate that 61% of those they surveyed were females who were, said that they were concerned about going back to the dentist and likely would not be using the rest of their insurance benefits before the end of the year because of that fear. Now, as we record this podcast, there are certainly a lot of spikes going on around the country. There's certainly a lot of uh, worries about COVID and what is coming with the second or third wave, depending on what you read. Uh, So it makes sense. But we also know, and Teresa, you know, I I know you've talked about this so much, is that when the, the females of the family decide that they're not going back to the dentist, obviously that impacts the rest of the family greatly. And so those holes that we talked about in the schedule back in October and November, just from uh, six months checkups not happening because practices were shut down and then the the effect of that, 
Uh, now I think we're seeing that even though people may still have insurance, it's not worth the risk to them to come into your practice. So it's funny that you say that because last night I was part of a, a dental owner's mastermind and they were saying that their patients are coming in for their cleanings and trying to get as much done as they can. But then there's this whole separate section of their population. This is in a couple different offices, section of their population that is calling and canceling for the year and then rescheduling for spring. Yeah. Like they want to come back, but just not right now. Yeah. And that is, you know, as a business owner, yeah, I'm happy to schedule you in the spring, but hello, we're still here. We're masked up. Like, what's the problem? You know? Yeah. And we know, we know the studies that have come out, including from the ADA about the risk of COVID transmission in the dental practice. And God bless all the dental professionals who are PPE'd up the wazoo, you know, uh, to keep safe. And I think we've done a decent job of, explaining that to patients, but it's very obvious that patients either A, aren't listening or haven't, that message hasn't resonated with them about the safety of the dental practice in these times. You know, one good thing about all of this being the second round of whatever is coming is we don't have that initial fear that a lot of our team members had to come back. So do you remember the hygiene groups were very upset about coming back because they didn't feel like they were very protected? Well, now you've been operating for a while under these conditions. Hopefully that that side of the of all the problems doesn't come back because that was a big stress on dentists. You know, I have a hygienist who's perfectly ready to go. And it wasn't just hygienists, it was assistants too. They're ready to go. I have the best PPE ever, but they still don't feel safe. So now I got to go find somebody else in a market that everybody's leaving. Absolutely. It's tough. And, you know, you and I were talking before we went on air about that it's not just about maybe the fear of infection in the practice, at least for the workers, that now there are child care issues. There are worries about the, the elders that they are with. So I think that's still resonating, especially as things spike up and schools start to pull back. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of still the fear of the unknown, even though we know so much, there's still the what ifs coming for a lot of dental team members out there and dentists as well. Let's be honest. As just a consumer, not even dental, but as a consumer, yeah, we know so much, but the next day it changes. And then the next day it changes again. So it's been a little bit frustrating. I mean, I understand disease transmission. I get all that, but you know, is it safe today or should I wait until they say it's totally safe and this is something that's a big memory? It's tough. And I understand the patient's point of view, but from a doctor's point of view, we need y'all to come in. Yeah. It's interesting though that the female part was a big factor of that. I'm guessing that the moms are taking a look at the kids and saying, okay, nothing's hurting. You know, same thing for themselves. Right. Nothing's hurting. So how about I just put that off and better be safe than sorry, which is... It's not great for us. And I would love to know, you know, and obviously this wasn't addressed, but, you know, as as we said, a lot of small businesses now are shutting down, uh, you know, in my part of the, the world in Colorado, as the time that we record this, we have dialed back. There's no restaurants. There's no bars. Gyms are at 10% capacity. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that are happening that in the mind of a consumer, you're going, okay, is it safe out there? Mm-hmm. And And I think that that is resonating big time as so many dental practices are trying their best to hit those year-end goals that they've already adjusted once because of the shutdown. And one of the sad things about the pandemic is that there are so many restaurants who have gone out of business. Oh yeah, we'll never. And you know, the the margin of those restaurants already was so slim and they just couldn't make it. And that's really, really sad because I know as entrepreneurs, that's like the big, a lot of entrepreneurs open restaurants and like food related businesses, even though it's the toughest to survive in, 
the people have this like great love of, of opening up a restaurant. So, but there might be a new wave of people coming to provide us with our tacos and I hope so. calzones and all of that. I, I hope so. Cause I, cause I look around, you know, just in our part of the world and yeah, whenever our favorite places are closed, it's, I mean, it sounds very, you know, privileged, I know to say it, but, but there's a little party that just goes, ah, whenever you, you can't go out to your favorite restaurant or your favorite restaurant's never coming back. Yeah. It's sad. It's really sad. I know now I'm like, I'm so sad about these restaurants. So see, look at this. I, you brought like trees and sunshine into the conversation and I just, I squashed that completely. My God. What is- well, as is normal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> then the other piece of, I think that the, there's already seems to be like the drop in patient volume, like you said, the ADA and, and then this article. So what do you do when you have an office full of people, but there's no patients? And I'm hoping that offices will take it as a time to, again, continue to revamp and right. redo and all of that. I mean, there's always, there's always the joke of if somebody says, I don't have anything to do in a dental office, like they need to be fired immediately because there's always something to do, right? So now now's the time to, I think, put together that list and work on it because you've already established that people can come back. That was the, that was a problem in the first one. Like we don't even know if they should come in the office so they can't work on inventory system or whatever, but now, you know, it's fine. Work on that inventory system, get it going. And, you know, I, I hope that dental practices have taken time to, you know, if you need your software training, you know, if you need whatever training you need to prepare for 2021, if there was slow time, I hope that you took advantage of it, slid it in there so that you're all systems firing, you know, in the new year. Mm-hmm. And, and I know some practices, that's what they said that they did is that they pivoted to, okay, if we don't have any patients today, how do we better prepare for them tomorrow? Yeah, and it's, a, it's an opportunity. You have to find the, the good parts, you know, of all this blah. Have to. And you had another um, story about this stuff out of New Mexico? And again, you know, as, at the time that we're recording this, uh, the state of New Mexico has just shut down for a couple of weeks in order to try to halt the spread of COVID-19. And... What I'm seeing in in areas, whether it be a whole state or in, as just an example, my county, as I mentioned earlier, that is like one step below the stay-at-home order, I've been trying to do some research about how that's impacting dental practices. And what I have found is that it, at this point, is not. But what they are advising people to do is whenever it comes to the hospitals. As we know, one of the biggest things, and, and our governor of Colorado has has been on uh, CNBC and a lot of places talking about how that our hospitals are almost maxed out right now. So if I were to, God forbid, something happened to me, non-COVID related, they might not have a bed for me in an emergency situation. And so what they're asking is that people postpone their elective medical procedures until the spring, that they postpone them after the start of the year. Well, in theory, that sounds great, but then there's the human side of us that say, wait a minute, I actually still have insurance. I still have benefits. They run out at the end of the year. I don't want to postpone till the end of the year whenever I still have some benefits left over. I'm watching that back and forth happen between the people who, who know what their insurance says and then the governor or the, the state trying to say, well, yes, but it'd sure be great if. Right. And I think there probably will be a mandate come down saying, no, we're we're cutting off elective procedures at least. Now that'll impact medical, hopefully more than dentistry, because again, with dentistry, what I have found is the first time we shut this down, everybody's like, "Oh, the spread of COVID." This time, we know about the spread of COVID, and we know that it, it likely will not happen in a dental practice. 
but we also know that we're not worried about a hospital bed whenever it comes to a dental procedure. So hopefully that right. will keep dentistry going. Well, and, and we've been classified, I guess, as, I don't know, essential healthcare providers. I think it, it, like before dentistry was like, oh yeah, you guys do teeth. Oh yeah. Right. Should we shut you down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, you know, the, the ADA did a great job and, and got their attention. So we're included in healthcare providers that, you know, aren't part of the shutdown, but when you say elective procedures, we still need to pay attention to that. Oh, absolutely. Here's my issue. And this is just, this bothers me so much because preventive screenings are huge. So let, let's yeah. leave dentistry completely, but preventive screenings are huge. Colonoscopies, you know, breast exams, all of that. If you're not getting the regular evaluations, you're not going to catch things until they're super, super serious. Agreed. And then it's worse. And there's all sorts of, I mean, there's anecdotal stories everywhere. I listen to a lot of medical podcasts. That's definitely what they're finding, that people are presenting with more advanced issues because they didn't check it out in time. I worry about that from a public health standpoint, but, you know, the greater good is to get rid of COVID. It just, it irks me. It's a small thing that really irks me. And, you know, every year I have to go get certain tests because of my thyroid and all that. And I'm not putting it off. I'm just not. And I think what we're finding and what, what so many dental professionals have, have told me is that they're seeing more teeth grinding. They're seeing more cracks, cracks. They're seeing more, you know, problems with, with oral hygiene. And it's because people are putting things off. And if we're seeing that in dentistry, you're exactly right. You know that we're going to see things a year from now that it'll be like, oh, man, if you'd only come in for this checkup or whatever. You're exactly right. I mean, think of all the minor cancers that you just catch them early. It's like not even absolutely a problem. And then, but you get to stage two, three, forget about it. It just bothers me. It's just one of those things. But as far as dentistry is concerned, <laughs> I have heard dentists say, well, the caries is essential and perio disease. Those are essential. You know, those, those could be classified as true diseases that we sure. treat. So, I mean, honestly, unless they're, unless they're coming up to your door and saying, what are you doing and inspecting? I think they're more worried about the medical side. You know, so long we've heard about the importance of the oral systemic link and dentistry has really tried to embrace that with explaining it to patients. And if we're really passionate about that, and we should be, then we should be explaining to patients why if you're not going to come into our practice because of fear of COVID, here's what you must be doing. Because it's not only about periodontal disease, it's about how that impacts in the rest of the body and really hammering that point home right now more than ever. Yeah. It's interesting. The thing about the grinding though, isn't it? Like it is. all the stress and and we can tell. So we, we really should be one of those indicators, like when, you know, accounts of grinding gone up, because that would be an interesting indicator, I think. And it's funny you mentioned that, because I just saw the other day a study come over from Israel that talked about the number of Israelis whenever the lockdown happened in their country. Huh. They're showing it by the grinding of teeth, uh, you know, and how, how dental practices are seeing that more. So it's not just here, I think it's a worldwide phenomenon that we can certainly judge by. This whole world, everybody's grinding their teeth, I think, right about now. <laughs> well, we have we have the holidays coming up, and, and this will be dropping right before the holidays. So on behalf of Kevin, although he certainly can say some very nice words, but on behalf of everybody here, I want to say happy holidays. We're not done yet, but happy holidays. Yes. And I hope that you all um, can forget about this year for next year. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there's going to be, it could be the biggest New Year's party. I mean, not that we can be together probably for New Year's, but still, mm -hmm. I think there are going to be so many people who are counting down till midnight in a brand new year and dear God, let's get 2020 behind us. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to have Times Square open for the ball drop. You know, I, I've heard, and again, 
we're, we're, when we're recording this, there's no Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. There will not be a ball drop. There will not be like a light of the, you know, the Christmas tree like normal. I mean, you know, there's no greater New York. I mean, just the whole thing's going, I'm telling you. Shut New York down. There's no greater New York. <laughs> I have to check and I'll link it because I've been hearing on forums that the Christmas tree and Rockefeller Center that, you know, that they're putting up right now, they're yep. putting it up. Someone apparently opened a Twitter account. And it just is biting back at everybody that's complaining about them. So it's a, one of those parody I love it. accounts. And, and so I have to check in because I want to hear what the Rockefeller tree has to say about all of this. So, <laughs> you know, the fact that you and I work hard to build up social media followers and then somebody opens up either the fly on Mike Pence's head or yes. Rockefeller tree or something. And they just get like a million followers suddenly. And I just go. We're doing this wrong, apparently. I know. Consistency means nothing. We need to get some kind of rodent or pet or apparently a conifer or evergreen tree. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no idea. I mean, even our friend Anastasia, her dog Gibbs is oh. becoming very famous in the dog world. I am still ready for Inca's Instagram account. I'm, I'm very excited about that oh. when it happens. I'm just telling you. I know. He's a very unique dog. I'm going to call it Uninka. How about that? Uh, you know what? I, a hashtag is right there. I see it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm too lazy to take that. Though, to take, do <laughs> all do that. more job. These social media influencers. So the and I hope all of you were able to check out the TikTok flossers from the you know the previous video and see what kind of craziness is on TikTok. Those people that are on there are very energetic, and I just don't have the time to take what I have to say and then put a soundtrack to it. I just don't. I don't understand. I'd be there for an hour trying to pick which song to put my soundtrack to. You know, we got onto TikTok during the first shutdown and and my lovely bride decided, oh, we're going to do these dance moves and everything else. I was tired. I got to be honest with you. I was like, you know, (laughs) I don't have that good a rhythm to begin with. And now the world's going to see that. I'm not so sure about this. So. So all of the young people that are listening are like, holy cow, how old are these people? We are 85. It's amazing. (laughs) We're ready. We're ready for that nurse. I can't wait to go full Golden Girls, though. That'll be great. I mean, early dinner, you know, four o'clock. I mean, hey, it's all good. Let's start it. You know, Floridians, let me go back because we do have one final story about Christmas parties. But let me go back to Floridians because... I am constantly amazed by the stories that come out of Florida. Have you heard of the Florida man? The Florida man Google search? Yes. 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 So for those of you who don't know, there's, and even Reddit has a subreddit dedicated to Florida man. So I'll link that and I'll link, you know, I'll do a Google search and link you to the Google search, but it is so funny. So apparently, and don't take offense. Actually, I don't think Floridians would be offended. They know. know. I think they're proud. They're proud of their Florida man. It's not a, it's not a mythical. Well, it could be a mythical creature, but basically it's, all the stories that ever come out about craziness in Florida. So anytime somebody, like the bath salt guy eating somebody's face, like getting high on bath salts and eating somebody's face. So, and then the guy who drove through the drive through and like wanted to return his Wendy's dinner or something like that. If something crazy is going to happen, it's going to happen in Florida. And so then the birth of Florida man came about. So if you want to laugh, I will, I urge you to just do a search of Florida man oh, yeah. and see all the stories that come out. Best, best mug shots. They always have the best mug shots of people getting arrested. The hair is all over. There's always a tattoo and they're usually wearing some sort of wife beater tank top in the mug shots. Right. So my favorite mug shot, I don't know if you've seen it, but this one guy was getting a haircut and they arrested him in the middle of his hair. Oh no, I haven't. Oh yeah. I got to link that to you because that was peak Florida man right there. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've had friends say, just do, just Google Florida man. And then your birthday. 
and see what's what happened uh, florida man on your oh. first day. And, and you know what yeah. oh wow oh yeah have you done that have you i have and it was something involving an alligator and a drive-through i'm trying to remember exactly what i don't remember if the dude had the alligator in his car that is that's typical that is exactly what yeah I'm it's something about. it was something that i was just like happy birthday to me look at that did you see the, the picture of the gator walking across the golf course the most recent the big one? boy oh my goodness it's a dinosaur yeah, I'm, I'm, that's Jurassic Park. Absolutely. Call Jeff Goldblum because I'm telling you it is. There's no question. Yeah, nature found a way there. Holy cow. <laughs> but I was thinking that has to be fake. Like it's so big and thick. Like it has to be fake. And and it wasn't. <laughs> and I want to make sure, you know, as you said, our, our good friends in Florida, I think they embrace Florida, man. But let's be clear. It's not just Florida where these great, I haven't even told you this story yet, but I'm going to share it with you now. My my lovely bride and I were driving back from Breckenridge, Colorado, uh, in a in a blizzard this past weekend. Of course you were. You know, about 35 miles an hour going up uh, over the pass there in I-70. And we look over and the car next to us has a lady who's like hunched over the steering wheel and she's driving. Of course, snow's coming down. It's hard to see. But I look in her back seat and I tried to get a picture of this, but it didn't turn out. I swear to goodness, there was a goat. It was not a dog. It was a goat in her back seat. A goat? And I said, well, now there's something you don't see every day, a goat and a lady driving in a blizzard. And I said, and we're in Colorado. So it's not just Florida. I'm just telling you. Was the goat wearing a seatbelt? The goat was not. The goat was like, you know, if you put Inca in the car and said, we're driving, the goat's like going back and forth and the windows are cracked. I mean, literally there's a little goat snout sticking out of the, the back and it's like 10 degrees. So do you put a goat in a child seat or a kid seat? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> look at that that was impressive i'm so sorry i have to my our listeners have realized i appreciate a good pun my dad no my dad has good dad jokes my dad is the king of dad jokes and i think i picked it up which is really one of those skills that means nothing <laughs> you just impressed the heck out of me you've talked about insurance and, and codes and everything for years and i'm just like wow you just blew my mind with that right there so there you go. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about let's talk about other crazy things, let's which do. are holiday Christmas parties. Yeah, there there's a lot of HR issues that can come out of those. I believe. Have you attended a crazy Christmas party ever in your life? I wish I could say yes. I'm not that cool. Have you? Mm. Uh, lots of drunken people. Yeah, lots oh. of drunken people. I was at a client Christmas party, in which I was very happy to get an invitation, but I, I will not go back to any of their Christmas parties again, because there was a whole lot of like, like if there had been a stripper pole in the restaurant, it would have been used. Like okay. that's all crazy. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm not down with that because, you know, it's not my thing, Kevin. I'm pure as the driven snow. I'm you not you are. I mean, uh, if, if people could see you right now and you're, you're, you're a nun outfit, I mean, it's impressive. And the halo. Yes. Okay. So, you're right, though. The HR issues are are pretty extreme because, you you know, if you provide alcohol, you're responsible. It's just like a bar. If you provide alcohol, you're responsible. Sure. You got to make sure nobody, you know, makes jokes that are offensive and offends anybody, which is hard when alcohol is involved. You can't be touching anybody the way, oh, you, you know, you can't be touching. You know, don't make any jokes using fruitcake as a euphemism. Don't do that. You know, don't, don't just make people uncomfortable. Now, add in COVID and... I don't know. Do you think people are going to have big Christmas parties? I, I was just going to say, I, I think that this is leading up to massive holiday parties next year. 
because I don't think there's going to be anything this year. Not as fun when you can't be together and Zoom Christmas parties just aren't as exciting. Let's be perfectly honest here. I can't think of anything more terrifying than having Zoom no. open all day with my relatives. Like, oh, just, no. Yeah. You know, people have lounges, people have areas. I guess you could shut down the office and have a Christmas party in the office. I mean, you're already working together, but there's food involved and, and are you wearing the mask while you're eating? It's so crazy. And, and what about the white elephant gifts? You're passing them back and forth. See, that's a problem, I think. I, you know, I, and for people that are new to, to work in general, these white elephant parties are not as fun as they sound. You know, you're supposed to bring a gift and then it goes into the pile and you get a gift, right? Is that That's white elephant. That's what I've always thought it was. It and is. so right. you never know what you're going to get. So you buy some crappy gift and hope, and somebody will get your crappy gift and you'll get somebody else's crappy gift. See, the problem is I bought crappy gifts in the past and then you walk in and you're like, oh, this is a nice white elephant thing. And then everybody looks at you like, oh, you're the guy that brought the crappy gift. Oh, you're the guy who bought like the double, the twin pack of like fart cushions. Exactly. Like, that's you. And so somebody gets stuck <laughs> with that and nobody ever trades with them. And so they're just sitting there like <laughs> glaring at you the whole time. Thanks. My son, I would trade. I would trade in a heartbeat for my son and I to have matching fart pillows. I would totally do that. <laughs> poor Norman, my my poor husband. He's so tortured. <laughs> Who is uh, also as as pure as the fresh fallen snow. I mean, let's be honest. Now so. we're stretching it. So as far as holiday parties go, I think you're right. I think there's going to be once the vaccine and people start feeling safe. I think you're going to have like COVID parties, like celebrating COVID parties. And I know there's a lot of folks that I know who have already said, we're going to do Christmas in July, literally this year. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, we're not able to be together with family. So, you know, 4th of July is going to be a, just a blowout. That's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. That's what we're planning here. Kevin, if we're not in a different place by July, my goodness, I don't even know what to think. If I'm back to watching baseball again in empty stadiums, I, I, I'm I not going to handle it well. I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. And I know that's, uh, you know, first world problems there, but... Uh, there's there's certain things that I am dying to hear again, and the roar of the crowd is one of them. So, Kevin, tell me, they may, this may be a first-time listener, what, what exactly do you do in these baseball stadiums? So I'm lucky enough to run one of the blogs for the Colorado Rockies baseball team and get to uh, be in the press box and, and cover the games. And, you know, this year was completely different without fans. Uh, we had no access to the players or coaches this year except through Zoom. You know, it was it was okay to cover the team this year, but it certainly wasn't as exciting as it, it used to be. And and I was at spring training whenever everything started shutting down. And we went from one day to having complete clubhouse access to the next day having a, a tape on the floor that we could stand behind and talk to the players to the next day it was completely closed and they were telling us to go home. I mean, it was just amazing to see how quickly everything kind of shut down there in mid-March. Do the players, like, does that charisma come across in the Zoom call or not really? Not really. I mean, because there's a lot of things that we can ask them after we all turn off our recorders um, and kind of say, hey, off the record, you know, and then it helps you frame the story a little bit better. Uh, yeah, it's a little different. But again, I, I know compared to what so many people are going through, that's so minute. But still, it, it's one of those things that I, you mentioned our friend Anastasia earlier, you know, and she talked about how we're all grieving something and at different levels during all this and things that we've lost. And, and for me, that's, that's just one thing that I'm, I'm just ready to have back is, is a crowd at a baseball or football game. I agree. Uh, you know, I'm a big MMA fan and watching the fights, you hear every slap and every kick, which is good for a fan, but at the same time, you don't see those big pops that the crowd gives. And, you know, you don't see the fighters like really enjoying the, the audience. And we've had some, some real superstars retire during this whole time. And, 
I feel bad for them because they should have retired in front of a huge audience, get their accolades, but instead they're retiring in front of like a news crew. It's, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Plug your blog, please. So, you know, if uh, you want to check out all things Colorado Rockies, because I know that that's hot property out there. It's uh, Roxpile, R-O-X-P-I-L-E.com. Check it out. You'll see some of my baseball-related writings. And I think we all need a little hobby outside of dentistry. And for me, that's certainly mine. Do you have pictures of the ducks in your in your blog? The ducks. Don't you have ducks in the stadium? Don't you have a whole like thing of ducks? Oh, there's a, like a little lake out in center field with trees. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. Yes. And there are. You're right. There are ducks. I I I haven't yet to interview the ducks, and maybe maybe that's what I need to focus on. Is you know. Are the ducks quarantined? I think the ducks are free to fly away. I think. Oh, there's your Instagram account, Rockies Ducks. <laughs> you can do a parody account of the Rockies Ducks. Like, what's you know, going on today? You know, I know that there's a Twitter account called like, and it's something about a squirrel. And like every day they do like just one word, like run, eat, <laughs> hide. You know, and it's got like seventy thousand followers. I'm just like, okay, we're doing something wrong here. You know, so. <laughs> I will never understand pop culture. I, once I get a grasp on it, it totally changes. Uh, so if you do start that Twitter account, we must we must link it and and put that out there. I so. like that. We will we will definitely do that to get some more followers for sure. You know. All right. So so rule of thumb, just real quick before we let everybody go, you should not go crazy with your holiday parties. HR experts around the country are pretty standard on this. Please try to avoid providing alcohol and letting them go out and drink and drive and all of that. And please don't touch anybody inappropriately. And I would say stay away from, I think this year in particular, try to stay away from the political and the religion and the orientation jokes, right? Like, I think that's probably wise. Yeah. Just, just talk about the Rockies. Just like, that's it. Just talk about the Rockies. Talk about teeth. Yeah. I mean, where's Nolan Arenado going in a trade? Because, Teresa, we know, do not go to the top of the Noritake Plaza uh, for a Christmas party. We know that's very important. So <laughs> please don't do that, folks. And if you do, make sure that you always wear your shoes. Do not take them off at any time. So <laughs> We will link that. <laughs> I really hope all of you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Uh, K-Dog and I will be thinking of you while we have our eggnog and fruitcake with our respective uh, families. Yes. Happy holidays to everyone. And uh, thankful as always for you, my friend. Uh, enjoy working with you and doing this podcast. Same here. And we look forward to ringing in the new year with you all and providing you a whole new year of things to, what is it, Kevin? What are we doing? I, I'm thinking maybe we're going to use our mandible for something. What is that exactly? I keep forgetting. <laughs> the word, it, you know, the word for chew is masticate. Oh, hey. Make sure you enunciate that. Masticate. Masticate. Let's <laughs> masticate into the new year. That's what we're going to do. All right. Enough with the joke. So <laughs> on behalf of K-Dog, we want to thank you always for taking time to listen to us. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. And don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.